This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. Team Hope is one of those rare organizations inspired by trust and hope. In this case, hope stands for help other people everywhere. Team Hope was born in the same place many amazing and transformational people and things come from. Adversity. Lefty, Tony, Todd. We're all dear friends facing something that changes everything forever. A possible life-ending sickness. And while many in our community gather round to raise a few bucks with this standard beef and beer in effort to support, in this situation, a handful of angels took a mighty different path. Lefty, Tony, and Todd had the good fortune of being connected with folks who somehow figured out that prayer is our secret weapon. And so it began. Team Hope has somehow managed to mushroom into a social media powerhouse. 22 separate gatherings over the years, having 900 praying together with only one purpose in mind, help other people everywhere. Team Hope is all about game-changing moments that alter the course of the journey. Game-changing moments that impact the future of immeasurable ways. Like everything else on the Voices of Faith show, this is the stuff that matters. Keep trusting and hoping. Keep praying and loving boldly because it makes a difference. If I see something's a foul, I'm going to blow the whistle, all right? I'm just trying to say, stay in your game, I'll stay in the mine, let's go. I'm in the right? game, I'm, I'm, the trying, finals, I'm trying to be in the mine, too. I want to try to make every call right. I'm not going to be right, unfortunately, 100% of the time. All right, just understand why I'm smacking my face. I will. You got it. From the Malamut and Associate Law Studios, Jacob Media Partners invites you to spend an hour of your day celebrating your faith. We acquire a fundamental right that can never be taken away from us. The right to hope. In collaboration with the Archdiocese of Philadelphia and the Catholic business leaders of the Delaware Valley, including LaSalle University, First Trust Bank. Enjoy Voices of Faith. Learn from your leaders. Be inspired by your neighbors and find the power of grace in your life when you need it most. The spiritual Voices of Faith begins right now. And a very good welcome to everyone and welcome into Voices of Faith as we come to you on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Jimmy Brown, we begin the show with that message about Team Hope. And we've got a great lineup and a great show today. As this show continues to evolve, we, we seem to take a right or a left every month. But I do want to ask you first, if you will, just to comment and share with the audience um, the story of Team Hope uh, really, really incredible. Well, it's amazing, Joe. Uh, uh, Team Hope is, is, is rooted in the Christian Brothers' education. It's all about Archbishop Carroll and a, a group of guys led by a gentleman named Eddie Mars who has no agenda, no agenda other than to, uh, let's say, you know, serve with some kind of integrity and have all of us prosper. That guy is a rock star. And uh, I just mentioned to Dan offline, you know, what's impressive about Eddie is uh, he's not looking for anything. And um, it's fascinating that 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 would be our inaugurable, uh, uh, the, the first time we're running that spot because it, the Christian Brothers have had a big impact on a number of people listening to our show today. Yeah, should be a good one. Stay with us. As they say in radio, don't touch that dial. Our gentleman who does the inspirational message every month on Voices of Faith, you know the voice. Uh, today, you get a chance to hear that voice live as uh, uh, Dan Selecki uh, joins us live as we uh, put this show together uh, and he joins us for the opening and for the closing of the segment so we're going to go a little bit longer with Dan Selecki than uh, just that two or three minute inspirational message. Well it's funny you know uh, Dan's been a real another gift to the program in that um, 
you know, he's not a guy who just uh, is a sponsor, let's say, and writes a check. He's engaged in a way that's uh, just incredible, and the content that he's brought to the process is has been uh, remarkable. Uh, Joe, you know we've gotten an awful lot of feedback from our listeners around that. No doubt about that, and I want to jump right into it. I want to welcome in Dan Selecki. Dan, thank you so much for uh, joining us live. We had a great uh, conversation with you at the Pyramid Club. We'll tell our listeners about that uh, that conversation, and that, of course, is going to be part of our holiday special coming up uh, in December. But I do want to welcome you in and give you the floor. Thank you so much for uh, being a big contributor and a big part of Voices of Faith. Uh, Joe, Jim, thanks so much. It's uh, very warm welcome and uh, i'm honored and humbled to be part of the initiative that you two have, have launched here yeah it's funny dan you know as i reflect on just how things have evolved and i think about your um message around the high school not too long ago you know enter to learn uh leave to serve uh can you give us a couple minutes on that just as a refresher a refresher for some of the listeners that may have not listened to the last message around that sure sure and the mantra of LaSalle high school now under the the stewardship and leadership of Brother James Butler, the mantra of the school is enter to learn, leave to serve. Now, when you're 14, 15, 16 years old in your high school age, that doesn't really matter much, but I think we're going to hear today from our special guest how some of those seeds that are planted early on in life, when they come to fruition, you kind of look back, you reflect, and I think the Christian brothers, at least in my life, and I think who will hear from our guest, were instrumental in coming to that that component of leave to serve right and just give us give our listening audience a little context on steve javi and his journey um you know uh, the guy appears to be committed to excellence in everything he does dan can you speak on that for a moment please yeah that's a great point uh jimmy you know and and doing a little bit of research around steve i was familiar with steve but not really in detail so preparing for today it's interesting that the one takeaway that I got from Steve in his life is the passion that he had and the service and strive for excellence. He was an NBA official, came up through the ranks, how many officials in sports we have. He rose to the top of his profession. He did 1,500 games, 200 of which were through the NBA playoffs, and he did 20 NBA final games. He got to the top of his profession through the passion and I think the the commitment to faith and service that he had. Well, the thing that really strikes me, uh, Joe, I don't know if you've seen the video, but Dan and I looked at it, you know, just in preparation. There's a wonderful video um, of Steve just doing the games with an Allen Iverson or Dirk from uh, from uh, Dallas and just keeping the games in line. Can you talk about uh, Steve's leadership on the court, keeping that in check, let's say? Sure. You know, the, the takeaway I took from that and watching that video was that just the respect that he showed players and the respect that he that he showed uh, throughout the course of the game you know he admitted to mistakes you know he said I'm not perfect I'm doing the best I can and that was a a real takeaway for me that the respect that he showed and then in turn the respect that he received back from the players. As the show rolls on here on Voices of Faith over the next hour, Jimmy Brown, you're going to hear some of those audio drops uh, from Steve Javi's work as an NBA official. I also want to share with the listening audience today that we recorded or we did the sit-down interview with Steve Javi right in the heart of the NBA playoffs. Uh, so it was really interesting to have him fall back into his previous life, yet connect the dots, Dan, uh, to his mission in life. It's a fascinating, fascinating interview. 
I, I totally agree. And back to Dan's point earlier about his commitment to excellence, you know, this is a guy who has had great success, let's say, in a, in a standard um, business career, we'll call it, and then all of a sudden uh, throws his heart and his passion into uh, our Catholic faith uh, to become a deacon. And he had to get special dispensation because he was, um, he was uh, a little too old to commit those seven years. Dan, talk a little bit about, you know, his commitment to get that work done. Yeah, it's interesting, again, when it comes to that and back to the passion for excellence that he had. There was an inflection point. We spoke a little bit about inflection points in our, in our last get-together, the, right. the breakfast with the archbishop. And, you know, I view Steve had an inflection point in his life. He was talking about retirement. I think it was actually in St. Thomas with his wife, yep. considering what to do next. Do I play golf? And he felt this calling. So he, he reconnected with his faith, not to the point where he started a Bible study group or he was a daily communicant. He took it to the level of excellence and the top that he could by engaging himself over a seven-year journey to go to go to the seminary to study to become a deacon in wow. the Catholic Church. So I, I think that's pretty consistent throughout his life. Yeah, really, really good stuff. Stay with us. Got a great uh, interview coming up with Steve Javi. Of course, Uncommon Coaching Uncommon Coaching with uh, Ashley Howard will be along uh, as well. Uh, no, we're not going to ask you to um, give up on listening to the inspirational moment with Dan Selecki. We'll get that live at the very end of the show. And, of course, Jimmy Brown's message and conversation with Archbishop Nelson Perez back in Steve, with all due respect, <clears throat> mm-hmm. I saw hand on flesh before hand on ball. So did I. I, I disagree with you. No, I, I watched that play. I'm telling you, we're going to we're going to agree to disagree on this one because I'm t- I don't know how many times I saw it last night. I saw it this morning. That hand gets on the ball first, then comes off the ball, gets flesh after, but the ball, in my opinion, comes loose. Figuring out your future doesn't happen overnight. College should make you feel free to wander to change direction, to find yourself on a completely new path. Through exploration, you discover your purpose. And at LaSalle University, you'll find yourself on the map of your making. Explorers are never lost. Discover your possibilities at neverlost.lasalle.edu. The Catholic Foundation of Greater Philadelphia is your go-to resource for Catholic philanthropy, an independent nonprofit working to grow philanthropy according to the teachings of Jesus Christ. Their foundation is grounded in the principles of faith and service. CFGP meets the diverse needs of donors and Catholic institutions alike by providing a full range of expert fund management, fundraising, and development services that help secure bright futures for the Catholic ministries you care about. Steward your philanthropy as you intend, or raise the funds needed to help your ministry grow and thrive. Both services work together to secure a future for faith, and that future starts with you. The Catholic Foundation of Greater Philadelphia will help you fulfill your charitable purpose, because at the heart of charity is love. Learn more about how the Catholic Foundation of Greater Philadelphia can guide you. Visit thecfgp.org or call 215-587-5650. Thanks for listening to this special edition of Voices of Faith, presented in part by Givnish Funeral Homes, LaSalle University, LaSalle High School for Boys, and the friends of those who support the explorers. 
And welcome back, everyone, to Voices of Faith as we come to you on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. As promised, Jimmy Brown in the opening segment, a dynamic guest uh, for our special today here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'll let you do some of the honors uh, to introduce uh, our guest who's going to be featured on this very, very special program. Uh, Yes, Joe. Um, I know I sound like a broken record, but each each month it seems we we hit another home on uh steve uh, we're with steve javi um uh he's a uh, uh, a dynamic catholic in our region but most of you may recognize the name from um steve's fame and fortune let's say through his run with uh, uh being an nba referee um for all so many years. Uh, Steve, welcome, and thanks for having us uh, in the uh, in the uh, parish this morning. I enjoy it, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so, um, you know, there's so much there's so much to talk about before we, we tapped on the air here. I mentioned to you that, you know, the first time that we met a few years back, uh, Joey Crawford was in the, um, um, in the audience, and for those listening um, this afternoon, may not know this, Joey was a you know, uh, a phenomenal referee for many, many years in in the NBA. And I I glided up next to him, Steve, and said to him, hey, tell me a little bit about Steve, because I heard your speech a few years back, and I was blown away. Um, And he said, quote, unquote, that man is the real deal. So can you talk to us a little bit about your relationship with Joey and and how you guys connected through the the, the wacky world of uh, uh, professional sports? Sure, Jim. It's my pleasure. First of all, um, Joey just continues to be a dear friend. Uh, was my main mentor in the NBA when I got into the NBA. My first two to three years, when I first got hired, there was only two referees on the floor. So they put me with Joey 80% of the time. Wow. So I learned a lot of things. Now, some people say some of the things you learned weren't that good either. But uh, no, Joe taught me everything to really know there is to know about officiating. And I attribute much of my success to Joe Crawford because I wouldn't have had the career that I had without Joey. There's no doubt about it. And... um, you know, him, him and his, I remember going on vacations with him and his three little girls and his wife, went to Hawaii and so on. So we had really bonded early in our career, my career, and uh, just just a significant um, person in my life, in my, uh, in my basketball life. And Joey, off the court too, we obviously talked about many things. Joe's a Catholic, he's a daily communicant also right now. He has been out and about in the Philadelphia area and has spoken to different groups, whether it be men's groups, parishes, about his faith. Joe speaks a little differently than me. He's, um, he's a funny guy. He'd be wonderful for you guys. He'd be very entertaining. There's no doubt about it. Um, you might have to use that seven-second bleep a little bit once in a while. <laughs> Just the delay. Well, yeah, we'll have the delay on, exactly, on pause. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly right. But no, um, to this day, he, I, if, if I were to call Joe right now and say, Joe, I need you right here, he'd be here in two minutes, and I'd be the same for him. So it's a friendship we started over, well, over 30 years ago, and it continues today, and just a wonderful, wonderful man. Amen. So um, let's not to jump into business too quickly here, but <clears throat> can you give our audience a little bit of um, uh, history on the transition in terms of uh, moving away from the NBA and then making the commitment you did? Because it's one thing to be, I'd say, a, a faithful Catholic, but the seven-year commitment to become a deacon is quite different, and the mission work that you are engaged in today is pretty significant. Can you share a little bit of that context with our group here? Yeah, sure I can, Jim, and I'll preface it by saying uh, never knew what a deacon did. Uh, had a couple in our parish here at St. Andrew who are just wonderful, Deacon Rich Napoli and uh, Deacon Ed Duess. Uh, and I still remember, I'll digress a little bit, when I first joined the parish about a dozen years ago, 
went in to see Monsignor Picard, and my wife and I just moved in the parish and signed up. Went to Mass, I was still refereeing at the time. Right. And I remember being in the back of the narthex, the back of the church after Mass one day, and someone introduced me to a gentleman who was going through the diaconate program. And his name is Jack Pfeiffer. He's a deacon now in our church. He has gone through the program ahead of me. And I didn't know what they were talking about, just trying to have a conversation. And they said, uh, I said to him, well, how long is the program? He says, uh, seven years. I went, good luck, buddy. Yeah, really? I said, oh, my God. I said, this guy's got to be crazy. I mean, at this our age, it's seven years. Well, it's amazing what the Lord does to you because when I was getting uh, ready to retire, and I knew, Jim, I knew a long time ago there was something more important in my life I was going to do than just blow whistle on basketball players. Right. There's no doubt. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love my job. Every day to me was a Friday night. I never had a Monday morning. Wow. I love my job that much. I attributed my father brought me up. Obviously, I'm a sports guy. My godfather was an American League umpire. My dad, of course, in the NFL official. Um, and I just, to make a living in professional sports, for me, I look back as a kid and all I did was read stats and sports pages. And here I am refereeing in the NBA and doing the finals and working with Michael Jordan and Joey Crawford and so on. It was just an amazing um, uh, career that I had. And I'd look back and I just had to thank the Lord. But I knew even when I had my first knee injury, uh, which kept me out six to eight weeks, I would sit there and start thinking. I said, I wonder what's going to happen to me after this. What is the, what, what is the plan for me after my career? Well, I had a chance to find out, obviously. I never thought of being a deacon, but I knew I wanted to serve the church. I wanted to serve our Lord for all the blessings he's given me in my life. And so when I finally retired back in 2011, I remember uh, sitting there thinking about, I wonder what the Lord has planned for me. I prayed. Uh, I know people talk about discernment process. Yes, it is a discernment, but I think sometimes we get a little, um, you know, out of whack about discernment. People think it's praying 24-7 and Lord going to church, you know, and it's great to do, but all I would do is in prayer in the morning. I would just say, Lord, guide me either way. I'm, I'm in. You yeah. tell me what to do. So I did, I, you know, because I, I have my daily prayer routine, as a lot of us do, and and I would just say that to the Lord. And even to this day, to this day I sit there and say, I can't believe you've done this to me. Um, I, I love it. Don't get me wrong. But I just can't believe he chose me. That's the thing. Um, so I remember in prayer, um, about six months into it, at St. Uh, Andrew here, Jeff Cavins came to speak, a very renowned Catholic speaker, wonderful man. And he was talking about how God speaks to us. Now, for six months, seven months, I've been praying, and I've got nothing. So I'm, I'm listening to Jeff Cavins, and I'm saying, he might speak to you, brother, but he's not speaking to me right about now. <laughs> well, during the course of that presentation, the word deacon came in my mind. And I was like, wait a second. And I'm thinking, okay, no, no, no. Well, I couldn't get it out of my mind for the whole afternoon. And I was like, wow. So I, with my wife and I go out to dinner after the presentation, I tell her what happened, and she said, well... There's only one thing you got to do is go see Monsignor tomorrow. I said, okay, I will. So Monsignor Picard here is like a wonderful, wonderful man, my really mentor in, in a lot of ways, but a dear, dear friend. I uh, walked into his office and told him the story. Kind of giggled a little bit, you know. He said, you know what, if you came in here with a Bible underneath your arm and tell me you're going to become a deacon, I would have thrown you out. <laughs> he said, this is how the Lord works. Yeah. I said, but, you know, I, I told him, it's funny, I says, um, Joe, I told him, I says, I got a problem. He goes, he looked at me, what do you mean? What's your problem? I go, I like to play golf, and I like light beer. And he goes, well, do you embarrass yourself? I go, 
on the golf course I do, <laughs> you know. But, um, but that's, how, that's how it all started. And then he made a call down. This is like in January. So they had started that one class already of the diaconate program of that year. But he made a call down. And because of my age, I think Archbishop Chaput had just moved it from the age of 50 to 55. Mm-hmm. They, that they didn't want you any older than that. At the time, I was 56. They probably did it because of health reasons. Sure. But, but, I mean, I was in good health and so on, and they put me right into that class. They took me down there. They interviewed me. Um, I still remember walking in, the, like it was yesterday, my wife and I walking in the seminary down the long hallway to see Deacon Jim Owens, who was running the diaconate program at the time. And I was like, I can't believe here I'm in a seminary walking, and we... Had the interview, and he said, and he calls me up and says, "Okay, I'm going to put you right into this discernment class here." And and the rest is like almost history, as my pastor Monsignor Bricard said, "Put one foot in front of the other," and he says, "Let's see where the Lord leads you, you know, and we'll go from there." Our special guest here on our Voices of Faith special is Steve Jave, Moldit at LaSalle High School, Temple made. Uh, and profiled for a long, long time with a great professional career on the NBA Hardwood, now a contributor, uh, all the way to Voices of Faith. Stephen, we appreciate you uh, sharing uh, this opportunity uh, for our listening audience. At any point during that new beginning back in 2011, did you look back and say, what am I doing? Yes, there's no doubt about it. Um, And I just figured, I, I couldn't, imagine myself getting in front of people like I don't I've spoken to people with regard to my career with regard to refereeing I still go around and help with clinics with refereeing stand up and talk about anything but the thought of being at the ambo on a Sunday morning and speaking to people about how the word of God is speaking to them today in our in our world and how that how that's affecting them was really intimidating at times to think about that and to think of all the responsibility the seven years Obviously, is a long period of time, especially when we're talking like at the age that that I'm at now. It went very quickly, but I remember getting into my seventh year saying, you know, I could spend a couple more years learning more because you're afraid to get out there sometimes. You really are. And I can understand like some of my friends who are Catholic are afraid to go out and speak about their faith because it's such a personal thing. It's such a personal issue. Um, But I truly, truly believe, Joe, that it's just all guided by the Holy Spirit, as we all are, and I know I am. And with my homilies, when I you know prepare my homilies, I have homilies coming up for next Sunday. I have a wedding, which I'm going to be a presider for my buddy's daughter on Friday. So I have a homily for that coming up. And I'm telling you, I sit down and I just pray to the Holy Spirit and just say, help me, because I can't do this on my own. I, I am just cannot do this. Yes, uh, um, Steve, you know, it's funny. Uh, it, interesting to me, you know, I think whether we want to admit this as not or not, rather as human beings, we're all role models. And sometimes we're a role model for really wonderful and good things. And sometimes we're a role model for not so great stuff. It's, it's percolating in our community, like in a ridiculous way. When I did the research for this piece, I looked at some um, articles from the Wall Street Journal and the Philadelphia Inquirer. What struck me was despite the fact that you didn't have this deacon thing in the back of your head, um, there are people that you influenced in terms of your Catholic faith and your walk. Can you talk a little bit about being an MBA ref and, and managing yourself in a way that, you know, you wanted to make sure your family and friends knew that you were on the right page, let's say? Yeah, that's, um, I, I attribute that to my parents and my upbringing, my father, um, who is just, uh, and I, I truly believe as I'm in my faith journey right now, the most important person is the same-sex parent 
And also, the men have to be the spiritual leaders in our families. They have to. We can't, I mean, women, thank God, because my wife brought me back to my faith. There's no doubt about it. Amen. But, but my, um, my parents, and my, especially my father, seeing him going to Mass every Sunday, seeing him going to confession every two weeks. His brother uh, was a priest. My uncle, my Uncle Tony, was a priest. It was, it, men have to influence their families and be the spiritual leaders. And when I speak to men's groups, I try to just say, guys, come on, step up now. You have to step up. You can't be quiet. And when you go to church, you have to say the Our Father out loud. You have to sing, too, once in a while. You don't sit there like a bump on a log. Come on, praise the Lord. Look what he's given you. Yeah. And I just, I really implore the men, come on, take the, take the lead there. But my father, my father was a man of high integrity and conviction. I mean, I always said I wish I was half, if I could be half the man my father was, I'd be a success in life because just an incredible guy. I've respected him. My father was never my friend until I got to be about 40 years old, 35 or 40. My father was a father. He was a parent. Told me what was right and what was wrong, and not just by words, but by actions. And I was always, um, being the youngest in my family, I always wanted to please my father. I always wanted, as we all like to do, I'm sure, too. So I think part of the, um, my upbringing was seeing him, but also being afraid of failure, failing him. I never wanted to uh, destroy our name. Yeah. I, that, to me, that was the most important thing is the Javi name. And, you know, the, the old name was Javorowski. And then my dad was the one who changed to Javi. And I just always wanted to make him proud. And he showed me how to do that and how to live the life uh, to make him proud. As we go to our first commercial break here on Voices of Faith, enjoy some sights and sounds of Steve Javi's professional career in the NBA. Back on the other side. Portions of today's Voices of Faith radio special are being presented by LaSalle University. Later in the show, head basketball coach Ashley Howard will deliver a special version of Uncommon Coaching. There's never been a bigger need for Philly Food Rescue. Their mission is to eliminate hunger in our community through a technology-based volunteer network. They rescue surplus food from partners like grocery stores and restaurants and deliver it to people in need. The Philly Food Rescue app makes it easy for everyday food rescue heroes to pick up food and deliver it to nonprofits, schools, and more. Each month, thousands of pounds of unused food are rescued and given to the hungry. Learn more at phillyfoodrescue.org. Voices of Faith celebrate a real bright spot in our archdiocese, Mother of Mercy House in Kensington. Inspired by Pope Francis's call to take the church to the frontiers and to move beyond our comfort zones, the ministry began with a simple desire to be the presence of Christ. Christ and His Church. Many families they serve live in deep poverty. The homeless and addicted are at their doorstep. Father Liam Murphy and team work daily to meet people where they are in their lives. They feed the hungry, talk and pray with those who seek comfort, and celebrate Mass as a community. They share the love and mercy of God with all. In 2021, Mercy Children's Academy, a highly specialized family-centric pre-K program, will launch to serve the most vulnerable children in their neighborhood. They welcome your prayers and support in this effort. In a world full of noise, one beautiful thing remains constant. God's love. It's powerful and lives at Mother of Mercy House. To learn more, volunteer, or make a donation, please visit them online at motherofmercyhouse.org. That's motherofmercyhouse.org. And back here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Jimmy Brown, Voices of Faith is special. What an incredible uh, opening segment uh, with our very, very special guest. Uh, looking forward to uh, segment two right in front of us. 
yeah, it's uh, we're off to a, a, a grand start here, I'd say. Uh, and in the spirit of time, again, Steve, I'm going to jump right in. I love the fact that you reference your dad and the influence that he had on you. Um, one of the things that Joe and I have discovered in our work together on the program is the influence that many Christian brothers have had on young folks. Can you talk a little bit about your experience um, at LaSalle High School and how that was formative? It was very formative, Jim. As a matter of fact, the time that I was going there, I graduated LaSalle in 1972. So during the years of 68 to 72, the Christian brothers were actually going through a time of their a phase in their order where they became a little more casual. I remember um, a couple of the guys who I got to know, my teachers, they had um, living quarters that are off, was off LaSalle High School, and they had a house. We could actually even go over and visit with them, like say after a basketball game or a football game. And they got to be, we got to know them a little bit more uh, intimately than you would if they stayed at the brother's house behind LaSalle High School. So it was a time to get to know them. They, they treated you, Jim, like men. They, they expected you to do certain things. They, um, you, had, you, you matured quickly or else you would be probably flunking out because they gave you a lot of leeway and a lot of rope. So either you hung yourself or you just sat there and went, oh, you know what, I can do this, and you challenge yourself. So the Christian brothers, you know, with their faith, number one, but also their teaching and how they treated us like men to be responsible young men also. It, it, it was interesting. Joe and I sat with Eustace Mita uh, for our last program, and he, I don't know if you know this piece of his story, but he was at a public high school his freshman year, and his father moved him to um, Archbishop Carroll, and boy, did he rave about the influence of the of the Christian brothers. Um, offline, we just spoke a minute about um, Man Up Philly. One of the things I love about that is, and you mentioned it in the first segment, the concept that we as men in our community need to talk about our faith. Uh, talk a little bit about your experience at Man Up and and uh, Brent Selleck and what you discovered in that exchange, let's say. Yeah, I, I, I love Man Up. As a matter of fact, the first time I went to Man Up was they had it at Archbishop Ryan High School in their auditorium there. And I just thought it was wonderful because I know as men, and, and I know like with my age, I'll be probably showing my age, is that we get kind of protective in our faith. It's like our faith is just personal to us. And we yeah. keep it to ourselves. And to be able to go to see thousands of men and they don't have to say anything verbally. They're showing it by being there, by wanting to learn more about their faith. They want to learn more about, hey, what's this guy saying about faith? But like you said about Brent Selleck, guy's tight end for the Eagles. He, he's got faith. Let me listen to him. And why not? And I think that only can help people bring it out and have them talk to them, maybe their neighbors, maybe their sons. If Brent Selleck said this about their faith, maybe they'll pass it on. Who knows? I thought it was a, a really good uh, segment that, um, Eustace Mita did with Brent Selleck because it was more of a Q&A, a question and answer. Uh, it was very interesting. They touched on different topics of Brent's life, his faith journey, his football journey, and I thought it was really, it held the interest of the guys there. But, um, and I was fortunate enough to uh, speak on behalf of the diaconate program and letting people know about what the diaconate program entails, the seven-year seven year program, the courses you go through, the incredible professors that teach you your, you know, your faith that, I'm telling you, Jim, I tell any guy, if you want to learn more about your faith, you go down to St. Charles Seminary and, and their graduate school studies, the school, and take a course. You're going to be blown away. Our faith is so deep, as you well know, and Joe, as you well know. It's, it, we're, I mean, we just scratch the surface, but the more you scratch, the more you dig, the deeper you get. And the, uh, I know my wife and I just enjoyed the classes and the professors who are just incredible people. Steve, do you find yourself at all during all of the craziness of the year 2020 
and all of the messaging and all of the challenges uh, and all of the pain uh, that a lot of people have experienced. Um, how does that sit with you? Wow, it's very, I mean, that's a heck of a question. It's very unsettling, very unsettling, I must say. And I know I've had conversations with my pastor um, and, and uh, on a few occasions about what's been going on in 2020, where my heart is, where my mind is, and what's going, who's telling the truth, who's not telling the truth. It's very unsettling. And unfortunately, I just, uh, it's, when it's chaotic out there, I, I always, I'm always aware of the evil one around. When the evil one likes to create the chaos, and then everybody's in chaos, and you forget about, you know, being more loving and merciful and forgiving to your brothers, you know, and then it's just chaotic because I believe this and you believe that, and we're against each other, and it shouldn't be against each other. We should all be together. We can have difference of opinion. We can have difference of views and just sit and talk about it. But the uh, the evil one's in here. He's stirring a pot, and it, and to, to go back to saying the word, it's very unsettling. It's interesting. One of the clear messages that Joe and I are receiving in our monthly um, interviews with Archbishop Perez is, you know, uh, the role, the, the, the messages that I'm hearing is uh, he's telling us, pay attention, you know, take some positive action and really focus on the concept of trust and hope and not just as words. You referenced earlier in the interview the concept of discernment and trying to listen to the Lord's message, let's say. It's complex. Um in the work you're doing day to day, let's say at the parish, um, are you uh, confronted by people? Confronted is the wrong word, but are you in conversation with folks that are saying, "You, Steve, like I don't get it, I don't see it, like it doesn't make any sense to me." Do you have uh, conversations like this with others? Conversations now, Jim, have been limited because of the pandemic. Oh, of course, of yeah. course. So a lot of things have changed. Where when I was first ordained prior to the pandemic, you would have conversations, but prior to all this chaos coming to, you know, coming to the forefront. So right now, it's really, really different in, in, the, um, in the ministry world in the, in the church parish because a lot of the ministries are on hold for a little while because you, you have to limit the number of people you can get together after Mass. You don't want to be disrespectful. You want to stand and say hello to people, but having, long, having these types of conversations are difficult to have now because of the pandemic, and people are still a little worried about it. Uh, you know, it's fascinating one of the reasons Joe and I are incredibly excited about this program, I'll give you a little prep here. You know, um, the radio station that we're on, 1210 WPHT, a huge listening audience. So, you know, what message could you deliver to the folks out there listening this afternoon? Maybe a message of encouragement, um, just to put it out there and hear what you have to say. Um, I think in, in times like these, we're going through it in times that are chaotic, that are uncertain, whatever it may be. Sometimes I really truly believe that it's a call back to the Lord and to our faith. I really, we used to think that sports were really important. I used to think. All of a sudden, they shut down all the sports. We used to think, you know, work and all that, and making all the money is all important. They shut down work. It's almost, and I know people have said this, it's almost God's way of calling him, calling us closer to him. And I think it's the opportunity right now that if we take that opportunity and I, to develop this relationship, because that's, that's what our faith is. It's not the building. It's, it's the relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that we have to build. And it takes time and it takes every day to do it. And I encourage people, even in my homilies, to develop that relationship, to be able to sit down. I know it's, I mean, I'm semi-retired and I know my mind goes in different directions. There's no doubt when I sit down. But uh, you, we have to take that time for silence. We have to take that time for peace. And that's in order to get a relationship with our Lord. 
It's fascinating to me because I think oftentimes, you know, if someone, a man or woman's a doctor or, or an attorney or an accountant, they spend so much time engaging in that process. And yet, you know, I'll be honest, there have been times in my life where, you know, mass once a week, that was the, the be all and the end all. Um, talk a little bit more about the habits that we can create simple habits. I love what you said earlier about, you know, a simple prayer in the morning. It doesn't have to be, you know, you've got to read six chapters of the Bible. Can you speak about the simplicity of that? It really, and to go to your point uh, too, is the fact that 45 minutes or an hour a week is not going to get that relationship with Christ. And if you did that in your job, you'd be fired. There's no doubt about it. So why we, why we think that an hour a week, and I, I'm a great Catholic. Hey, that's very nice. You have an obligation. You come to praise the Lord, but he wants more from us. There's no doubt. And it is that simple little prayer. It's a simple little prayer is praying with your spouse, which years ago I didn't do. And now I love pray, play, praying with my spouse because it brings us closer together. It's that little simple prayer when you're out, if you're out to dinner nowadays, it's tough. Of blessing yourself and seeing people bless yourself and say grace. Little things that start little habits, you become comfortable with it, and then you continue doing that. So that's all. He shared the basketball floor with the greatest player to ever play the game. Uh, and now, that's Michael Jordan, by the way, Jimmy Brown. And now, uh, share some spiritual and some great uh, dialogue with Jimmy Brown uh, here on Voices of Faith. We'll get to a commercial break. Special thanks to Steve Javi uh, for his incredible words uh, today, Jimmy Brown, on Voices of Faith. Back in a moment. Uncommon Coaching with LaSalle basketball head coach, Ashley Howard. Hello, this is Ashley Howard, and I appreciate you joining me for Chapter 6 of Uncommon Coaching. In Chapter 6, we're going to talk about the theme of serving others. 1 John chapter 4, verse 19. Our love for others is our grateful response to the love God first demonstrated to us. There's no one who served us more than Jesus Christ. Everything that he did, he did so that we can live a life as sinners as he died on the cross for all of us, the ultimate sacrifice. It is our responsibility as Christians to remember that it's our obligation to serve others. Be a person who is looking to give to others more than receive. This past weekend, our team did a food distribution drive in our local community. There was no greater gratification that I could get as a coach than to see the joy that it gave our players to serve our community in need. There's so many people in our community during this time that are down on their luck going through difficult times. To extend ourselves as a LaSalle campus community to our surrounding Philadelphia community and provide nourishing meals, boxes of fresh produce, other essential food items to families who desperately need it was one of the most gratifying feelings I could ever explain. But to watch our players serve and take such gratitude in doing so gave me even more uh, sense of pride, joy, and I really appreciate just the opportunity to be in a position to utilize our platform to help others. Service to our community, service to our families, service to others will always come back to us tenfold. The Lord will always be our provider. Thank you for sharing and being a part of this chapter six of Uncommon Coaching. Ashley Howard signing off. Thank you. 
These are not typical or standard times, and the TAC Benefits Organization is not your typical or standard business firm. The company is owned and operated by Michael Cleary, and Michael and his team are not your standard check-the-box, put-in-your-time-and-go-home kind of people. Here's the thing. A different approach creates better outcomes for TAC clients. Dedication, knowledge, integrity, teamwork, community, creativity. It all matters to the folks at TAC. And as we face some incredible challenges in our world today, TAC has decided to do something incredibly different and positive in our community. They've created the TAC Hometown Heroes Program for recognition of people doing little things to make a big difference. TAC Benefits Group would like to congratulate Tim Turner and One Kind Act a Month, October's Hometown Hero Award winner. One Kind Act a Month raises awareness of homelessness and inspires people to be helpful in their communities. One Kind Act makes positive change in the community by offering food, clothes, housing, and jobs to the needy and the homeless. You can commit One Kind Act a Month by going to their website and learn how you can help. Thanks for listening to this special edition of Voices of Faith, presented in part by Gibnish Funeral Homes, LaSalle University, LaSalle High School for Boys, and the friends of those who support the Explorers. And back here on Voices of Faith, wow, Jimmy Brown, I leave uh, the show today wanting to listen to it again and listen uh, to that interview, as Dan Selecki said in the opening segment. And Steve Javi, it was nice to hear uh, our sit-down interview again. Well done. He's an incredible man. And he's incredibly humble. It's, yeah. You know, I really, Great word. Yeah, it's, it's just, you know, think about the star-studded life that he led and could be a very different human being, but boy, oh boy, he nailed it. Uh, and Dan... Uh, just to kind of lean in a little bit, you know, I know that you have m- much history and experience with, uh, again, those Christian brothers. You heard it all through the interview. Steve's certainly benefited from that education. Yeah, I, you know, I had a son attend LaSalle High School, and uh, two two key things were I saw him grow as a, as a man and an individual, not only intellectually but also spiritually, and I, I contribute that or attribute that to the, to the Christian brothers there. And uh, it's an interesting story, too, that I want to share with the audience. I did mention it to you and Joe this morning. My youngest son turns 18, which is tomorrow. We're recording this on Tuesday. And um, for his 18th birthday, he said, I want to get you something special. And I said, you know, what would you like? We went through the, you know, the underwear, the socks, the, the, the <laughs> new jeans, the new sneakers, the typical stuff. And he said, Dad, I would really like a crucifix on a chain. And I wow. stepped back and I said, well, his name's Michael. I said, Michael, can I ask? That's wonderful. I said, can I ask you why? And he said, you and mom always talk about God is always with us. Sometimes I forget that. I figured if I have a crucifix around my neck, I'll never forget that God is always with us. Now that, that you know, as a parent, you, you, just, you just absolutely have love, love that. The point I have want to make and connected with Steve is we never know the impact we have on people's lives. If we are, if we are authentic about our faith, and we try to do the best that we can do every single time out. And we're going to fail. But if we do the best we can do, we can impact people in a very special way. Steve mentions that when he talks about where hell he started to bring some of the older officials on and some of the younger officials where people would come to him, not because he was preaching from a Bible, but just how he comported himself out there, asking him for advice. How do you do this? And along the way, 
I think he converted some people, which is a really, really powerful message. Maybe tough to get Dan Zalecki back on the phone to record the inspirational message. He does it so well uh, sitting with us live here uh, in the studio. Jimmy, I want to transition out of that message right into a very relevant message, uh, a conversation that you had with Archbishop Perez. Under the the title of our Trust and Hope umbrella, the, the feature that um, that we're asking you to dedicate a, a moment or two um, to each each month, uh, can you talk to us a little bit about what those two words mean to you, trust and hope, please? Well, they mean actually a lot to me because they're actually my Episcopal motto, right? Trust and hope in Latin, confide et spera. Um, and and I and I kind of chose that because um, in many ways because of my own mom yeah. because at different moments uh, of uh, challenging moments and difficult moments whether they've been ministerial or or personal or familial there was always in her prayer uh, especially prayer before the Blessed Mother there's always this uh, there was always that phrase uh, you know trust and hope. Love it. You know, trust, uh, trust and hope, uh, which is a common phrase in the scriptures, right? You Absolutely. know, rest in the Lord, wait patiently for him uh, from the scriptures. Uh, one of my favorite scriptures, if not my probably singular scripture, is actually from the Philippians 4, 4 to 9. And it speaks of, you know, rejoice, rejoice always in the Lord and all things in thanksgiving present your uh, your, 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 your concerns, your prayers to God have no anxiety at all, because the reality is that, uh, a lot of things in life make us scared, right? And they make us scared. It was, uh, it was, it was the gospel that happened uh, a couple Sundays ago, you know, uh, G- uh, Jesus sends his apostles off on, on the lake and, and a, and a storm instills, you know, and and everything goes topsy turvy, and and there they see him walking along, you know, whistling Dixie, you know, on top of the water, while they're over there, uh, turning themselves up, you know, their insides out, and and uh, and then they see him, and their their reaction initially is not, oh great, he's here. They, they thought he was a ghost. They thought he was a ghost, yeah. They thought he was a ghost. And his words to them, again, were, you know, take courage, do not be afraid, it is I. Even in the midst of the storm, that the storm is, is could possibly be even connected to him. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Could possibly even, and that's the way life happens, right? We're moving along in life, and every, you're, we're whistling Dixie too, and then all of a sudden, boom, something happens. We say this every month, Jimmy Brown, when we when Voices of Faith drops in on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. It's the fastest hour in radio. It's also the most inspirational uh, hour in radio. Man, I love doing the show. Me too, Joe. I mean, uh, uh, between Archbishop Perez, Dan being with us, and um, and Steve Jobby, I'm just reminded that life is amazing, you know. And then and then it's awful at times, and then it's ordinary and mundane and routine, and um, having our faith really connects the dots for me, Dan. Any thoughts around uh, what you've experienced this morning? Sure, I mean, and I may want to change careers. This, this was truly, <laughs> uh, this was just phenomenal. I didn't know what to expect coming in, but I, I just feel a new energy here. And, and, I, and I thank you, you two gentlemen, from the bottom of my heart for, for allowing me the opportunity to be here with you. 
Well done. Nice job, Dan Selecki. Also, great job by Ashley Howard on Uncommon Coaching. Uh, he's a mic drop every time he delivers uh, his message. As we say goodbye on uh, here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, we certainly thank the listening audience for tuning in to Voices of Faith. Uh, don't forget, coming up in December, the first Saturday in December, will be our holiday special, Jimmy Brown. It will be uh, fantastic. We'll pull in some audio from our event at the Pyramid Club and our First Trust Bank nonprofit spotlight of the month in December will be an organization that is providing food, providing warmth, and providing holiday cheer for so many people around the Delaware Valley. We're going to spend a lot of time on it uh, in our show in December. That's going to do it for this edition of Voices of Faith. Jimmy Brown, 10 seconds to say goodbye, brother. Just wanted to uh, uh, tell everyone out there how much we appreciate the support. Keep the, uh, keep the calls, cards, and letters coming. We need the encouragement and the inspiration from folks out there in the field doing what they do very well every day. Well done, well said. On behalf of Jimmy Brown, on behalf of... Uh, Dan Selecki on behalf of our videographer today, John Iannuzzi, putting it all together. I'm Joe Krause. Believe in hope, everyone. Voices of Faith is produced in collaboration with the Catholic business leaders of the Delaware Valley and the Archbishop of Philadelphia. And a special thank you to the Philadelphia Boys Choir, a Jacob Media, J.P. Brown Communications production. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded. The Voice of Faith radio program is dedicated to celebrating people who do their best to be their best every day. One team member, Jim Cleary, recently faced a daunting cancer diagnosis. Being told you are about to battle cancer can test your spirit. And in that moment, what you really need is more than good medicine. You need hope. The doctors at CMOH have dedicated their lives to delivering just that, hope. Physician John Sprendio Sr. is nationally recognized for his patient-centered oncology care model, delivering the very best patient care to our community for over 30 years. CMOH provides access to the most innovative protocols and treatment strategies available. The team at CMOH not only provided Jim with a specialized treatment plan, they supported him throughout his journey. They treated our friend like family. When facing a potential cancer diagnosis, you want to surround yourself with people dedicated to your well-being. The team at CMOH promises to do just that, transforming lives throughout our community with same-day appointments and total coordination of care, they will put you first. If you're looking for a complete system of support while facing a cancer diagnosis, call the CMOH team at 610-492-5900.